This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. With a <laughs> Oh my god. This is a good start. This is going well. Let's try that again, shall we? Let's just readjust my face, and then we'll 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 try that again. Hopefully, that's easy to cut, and it won't be an issue. (laughs) Let's, Let's try this again. With a war raging and fathers and husbands being called to fight, the streets of 1940s Berlin were already not the safest of places to be for a young woman. But the young ladies of Berlin needed to go about their business and continue their lives, and thus would often catch a train. Um, the S-Bahn, specifically, I can't speak, across the city. Um, Little did they know that a very dangerous man, posing as a harmless ticket inspector, was lurking in the shadows, ready to attack. This is the story of Paul Orgazel, the S-Bahn killer. Good day to you, you little creeps. Um, thank you for joining us here today at Horror House. I'm Amy. And I'm Dom. And you are completely and utterly amazing for being here. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you lay awake at night wondering what monsters are hiding under your bed, um, if you watch horror movies on your own because nothing scares you, and if you walk past people in the street and wonder, how would they kill you if they got the chance? Then, um, what's your number? because we should probably hang out, you know? It might be fun. Um, Dom, how are you doing? How how the devil are you, darling? What's going on? I am good, darling. Um, it's been a minute, hasn't it? You, been... you gallivanted away to Scotland, I and, and I I didn't go anywhere. I, I went to mum's, um, but I didn't have, like, a an extended vacay. Um, but I no, mean... I'm good. It was sort of a vacay. <laughs> I kind of just went home to visit mum and dad and, you know, got lots of cups of tea. But I'll take Happy it. It's days. fine. Happy, Happy days. days. It's all good. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I was telling you before we were recording, these past two weeks, I've been in a permanent state of what the hell is going on because mm-hmm. I work night shifts. And for the past two weeks at work, we've been training and setting up stuff, which has meant that I've that everyone's been doing a nine to five. 
I don't do nine to five. My body is is just programmed to stay awake all night. So like the past you few weeks, no I've had like Parton. no sleep. <laughs> so I'm a little bit rutted on fumes. Um, I did fall asleep like ten minutes before we were due to record today. Um, so that was that was great. Um, I woke up in a panic at like 28 minutes past and I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I was just sitting in the studio like, is, is it you joining <laughs> me or is, am I doing a solo this week? Uh, but no, I'm good. Um, I got a lovely little email saying that my Digiland Paris trip is now two weeks away. <laughs> fun. Very, Exciting. Very fun. Um, and I've got a bit of a I went on a bit of a splurge on murderapparel.com the other day so I've got a nice little delivery coming tomorrow which I'm very excited about so yes mm. I'm good I'm good I'm excited to hear about this despicable man that we will be discussing today good I'm glad to hear it it's another this might be the third in a if not it's definitely the second where I'm not talking about a British killer or an American one no no because your well, your last episode was was that the woman that was, who made people into yeah who was Italian yeah and then we would before that we my last episode before that was um, demonic possession which I think one of them was British yes. and one of them might have been American from memory as well so I don't know like half and half but definitely not for the last two so yeah you know, making been, a nice change you've been branching out yeah. You've been branching out. I'm so proud of me. <laughs> you're doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah, you're doing great, honey. <laughs> um, I, I needed that today. I've not been told that today, so, so thank you. That's okay. That is okay. That's a total lie. I have been told that quite a lot today. Don't get. Um, don't cry on me though, because that would just I'm, be awkward. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I have been. I have been told that quite a lot today. So that's okay. one of the rare days where I am told it quite a lot. Um, so I'm completely bullshitting you right now. Basically, earlier I put a little post right. on my own personal Instagram um, because I reached a, quite a landmark amount of followers. I and saw. It's exciting. Yeah. Well done. Um, thank you so much. Um, so I, I got a lot of lovely messages saying how well I'm doing and how, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I was totally cute. lying when you said that just a minute ago. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'll, I'll never not take it. I, I really do need to be told that I'm doing well sometimes because I never feel like I am. So. Thank you. That you was a welcome. tangent. What the fuck that am I was. talking about? Should we get on with the episode? Um, before we do that, another tangent. Ooh, yes. Yes. Our our YouTube channel has been popping off. We were talking about it before Pop we in. started recording, but it's been like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's been going on. Um, obviously, thank you to uh, new subscribers and thank you to everyone who's liked and commented and, and told other people about it. But like, we off of one it. episode, which was our Amityville episode, we gained like twenty-eight subscribers. Not twenty-eight, twenty-two subscribers. Like Amityville was on, I don't know what, nearly nine hundred likes now or something obscene. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's just out of nowhere. <laughs> so thank Whatever you. Whatever we're doing, we're doing it right. Absolutely, um, it's good. And we're now over two hundred. Uh, at over 200 followers on Spotify. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Um, Thank you, everyone. Yes, absolutely. And also, 
uh, I noticed that our, I don't know how like Spotify analytics work, um, but for the last 30 days, our listener number is 69. So <laughs> that's cool. That That is cool. That is cool. <laughs> I will always take that. Like... <laughs> Any any time, it's never going to be an issue for me. I mean, who um, doesn't love a good sixty nine? Let's be honest. One, I think, is the answer to that question. <laughs> Absolutely no one. Cool. So, Paul Orgazel, um, which is definitely not how you say it because it's a Polish name originally. Um, so, and I know that the the Zau isn't doesn't sound like Zau when you say that, but that's how I'm going to say it. And then from now on, I'll just refer to him as Paul because I don't want to keep butchering okay. it. Um, okay. But Paul Orgazal was born on the 29th of September 1912 in the village of Montun in East Prussia, um, which was part of the German Emperor Empire. Um, it's now part of Poland, um, but it was Germany at the time he was born. Um, he was the illegitimate child of Mary Saga, who was a farm worker. Um, Saga's father later filled out his grandson's birth certificate, marking it with three crosses under the father's name and giving the child his birth name of Paul Saga. Um, in 1924, the now 12-year-old Paul Saga was adopted by Johann Orgazal, um, a father, a father? Nope, he was not a father, but he became one when he adopted a child. Um, he was a farmer, though, in Haverland. Um, he would eventually take his adopted father's surname as his own, um, and he was later employed as a labourer on the farm in the village of Nowen. Um, he then worked in a steel foundry in, bear with me, Brandenburg and a Havel. That sounds German to me. Sure. Um, <laughs> before ultimately settling in Berlin, which is where delightful story, not delightful, but our story takes yeah. place. I'm going to do that thing that I do when it's my episode where we're all just being lovely. Well, you know, we're all just telling a bit of a story and then all of a sudden I ramp it up really fast. Okay. And it goes from 0 to 60 and I just I just drop like a bombshell and no one's expecting it. Well, now you're expecting it. So when I say what I say next, don't have a go at me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Paul joined the Nazi party in 1931 at the age of 18. And the following year became a member of its parliamentary branch, the Sturbittelung. The Sturbittelung. Do you know what? It used to be when I mispronounced something, it was funny. And you had a bit of a laugh and, you know, it was all fine. But now everyone can see me struggling <laughs> to pronounce it. So it's so much worse. And I'm so sorry. Stir, stir, stir Maptelung. Stir, I don't know. Basically, it was the parliamentary branch of the Nazi party. What more do you want from me? <laughs> um, after the Nazi seizure of power in 1933, he rose modestly in the party ranks. And by the time of his capture, um, Paul held the title of Scharfuhrer or squad leader in the SA. In 1934, Paul was hired as a plate layer. Um, I don't know what that is, so please what? don't ask me, but it's something to do with the railroad. He just loved laying plates. It's plates. what he was born to do. Yeah, I didn't even know plates were an integral part of the rail system, but apparently they are. Apparently so. 
I don't know how, I don't know what kind of integral part they are, but apparently they are. No, me neither. I don't even know if plate layers still exist. Um, so if there it are sounds... any listeners who are actively plate laying, um, what are you doing? Tell us, <laughs> tell us what that is. We must know. <laughs> um, and why? Why does it matter when you're dealing with trains? I, I don't get it's... it. It sounds like some old-fashioned, obscure job. Yeah, I don't do think it probably when. exists anymore. No. I don't think electric train. I don't know. Maybe this was an electric train. I don't know. I don't know. But he was a plate layer for the National Railroad, which was the Deutsche Reichsbahn. See, that one totally that fine. smashed it. <laughs> Boom. Absolutely smashed I'm practically it. German. Um, <laughs> which was the rail system that ran the Berlin S-Bahn. Um, he steadily worked his way up through the organisation, eventually becoming an assistant signalman at Rummelsburg Depot um, in the eastern suburbs of Berlin, close to Karlshorst. That sounds kind of... Sounds I don't German, know. Germany? Sounds German. Germanish. Um, <laughs> Germanic. That's the Germanic. one I was looking for, not that's Germanish. Fucking hell, Amy, you idiot. <laughs> Sorry, this really isn't a funny story. Um, in 1937, Paul married Gertrude Siegelman, a saleswoman two years older than himself. They had two children, a son and a daughter, and they eventually lived with Paul's mother in a working class section of Berlin with numerous allotments, apartment blocks and tenement shacks. The family later moved to another apartment in the suburb of Karlshorst near to where Paul worked. Um, he was often seen playing with his children, spending a lot of time in his garden and at his allotment, and tending a small cherry orchard which he had in his yard. All sounds very nice, very wholesome. Yeah. Um, but another thing that happened quite a lot was that um, behind closed doors, and it didn't come out until much later at his trial, um, he was often accusing his wife Gertrude of being faithful. Um, and as a result, would quite often beat her up, um, knock her about a bit, slam her into door frames, etc., etc. So, you know, not not all peachy or, or cherry, as the case might be. Here. No, um, he can be also a bit of a, a bit of a douche. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a bit of a knob. Who knew knobhead. the Nazi was a bit of a knobhead? Who all that, could have seen that coming? All that plate laying, whatever the fuck that is, clearly was getting to him because um, <laughs> he was taken out on his wife when he got him. Um, in late August 1939, while he and his family were residing in Karlshorst, um, Paul embarked on a series of violent attacks. Um, he would randomly assault and rape dozens of women in and around the Friedrichsteifer district. I think that's right. At this time, around you know 1939, the very start of the Second World War, yeah. um, the neighbourhood was populated mostly by solitary housewives whose husbands had been called up to fight. Um, so it was, I'm trying to think of a better phrase than easy pickings for him, but essentially that's what it was. He he didn't, you know, he could yeah. often walk into a house and there not be a man about it, so he could get away with a lot more than he yeah. usually would. I mean... It, it, unfortunately, it is easy pickings. Um, yeah. Unfortunate as unfortunate that as that is, yeah. it's 
yeah, easy targets for him at the end of the day, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Um, it was these vulnerable women who initially served as Paul's primary source of victims uh, and police documented 31 separate cases of rape and other sexual assaults that occurred mm. in allotments and the tenement area, all of which were connected to Paul in some way. Yeah. Um, during his attacks, he either choked his victims, yeah. threatened them with a knife or bludgeoned them. Um, and in their statements, all of the victims mentioned that their attacker wore a railway worker's uniform. So, yeah, I mean, Kindness. <laughs> probably should have gotten changed out of your work clothes, but okay, yeah, change. yeah. Um, I mean, it, I don't want to give a criminal tips, um, but yes, wearing your work clothes probably wasn't a good idea. Yeah. I don't know why, for some reason, when you said I don't want to give a criminal tips, my brain immediately went to, like, dollar bills. But that's not what he meant. Dollar, dollar bills, yo. Yeah. Fantastic bludgeoning. <laughs> uh, that's inappropriate. Bludgeoning. That's, uh, that's not funny. Top, top bludgeoning. Top Paul. notch bludgeoning. <laughs> well done, Paul, mate. You're, you're doing great. Um, I've seen better. But, you know, <laughs> still worthy of a tip. 10% at least. Um, Up until this point, though, he was, you know, obviously very violently attacking these women. He was he was raping. He wasn't, you know, doing anything nice to these people. But he didn't begin attempting to murder them until much later. Yeah. Um, He first began doing this around about this time, so around about 19, the end of 1939, um, but his initial attempts were unsuccessful. Between yeah. August 1939 and July 1940, so about eight months, um, Paul attacked and stabbed three different women, all of whom later served as witnesses against him. So very successful murder attempts if they're then giving evidence. Well, I would do that as well. Would you? If someone had tried... This is a weird question and a very weird tangent, but I'm going to go on it and just see where it takes me. If someone stabbed you and you survived, mm. they got caught. Mm. Would you would you go to court to give evidence or would you just not want to see them again? Oh, that's a very good question. That, that's a very good question. Because, um, like, part of me would say yes, I would go and I would give evidence and I would testify. But also... You know, it's a traumatic experience. So would that be a trigger for you if you did go to court and you had to see that person again? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, I, I think I would still go because I can help put that person behind bars, I think. That's yeah. how I would look at it. That's, that's a very wholesome way to look at it. That's a very, like, noble and good thing to do. I would go. I would go to court, but not because I'm particularly bothered about putting it away, but because I am a spiteful, vengeful bitch. And I want to make sure that he knows I'm putting him in prison. <clears throat> no, uh, yeah, I see that. So, I see that. Yeah, I'd probably go. Um, but all three of these lovely ladies did. Um, you know, they were strong enough to survive his attack. So damn straight that they're going to give evidence to help God, him. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. Put that man away. Put that man Go on, in girls. Result. Um, In August 1940, 
he savagely bludgeoned another woman after raping her on board the S-Bahn, which is where nearly all of his crimes took place. Um, she survived only because after she lost consciousness, Paul mistakenly thought that she had died. Mm-hmm. Um, another failed effort um, in the September, so less than a month later, um, resulted in the victim not only surviving an attempted strangulation, but also being thrown from a moving train. Holy so shit. he choked her. She obviously passed out due to lack of oxygen, as she would in yeah. that situation. <clears throat> um, but because he thought she was dead, he threw her from the train, and she survived all of it. She survived being thrown from a train. A moving Holy train. Hell. Woman warrior. Absolutely. What an absolute, just absolute unit. Holy legend. Hell. Absolute legend. And still gave evidence. Yes. What a woman. <laughs> when I'm talking about inspirational <laughs> women, woman. right? I'm okay. I'm probably going to get, you know, burnt at the stake for saying this, which coincidentally is how I'd always thought I would go. When I'm talking about inspirational women, I'm not talking about Beyonce. I'm not talking about Lady Gaga, although I do love her. What I'm talking about is bitches like this who get strangled and thrown from a moving train, survive, and then go and give evidence against their attacker. These are the women that I think are inspirational and that I'm looking up to. This is what I aspire to. Obviously, I don't want to be strangled and thrown from a moving train, but this is the level of courage that I want. That's what I'm talking about. Beyonce can fuck off. She's a great singer. Good for you. Whoa. But it's not inspirational. It's not. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, is that too far? Queen B. Whoa. New She's subscribers. Sure, whatever. New subscribers, it was good <laughs> to have you around. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, this is a true crime podcast. If you were here for a review of Beyonce, you're definitely in the wrong place. So. <laughs> One of our one of our bonus episodes is just an album review of a of a random Beyonce. Yeah. Album. Although that being said, I don't think I've ever listened to a Beyonce song. Oh, maybe Single Ladies is that one of hers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hers. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, then one. So who knows? But my point being, these women are inspirational, incredible yes. women. I agree. Well done. If she's still around, good for you, girl. Absolutely. Um, soon after this, Paul suffered another setback in his plan to murder these women um, when he attempted to rape another woman and in an S-Bahn station. Um, unfortunately, what he didn't realise, well, I say unfortunately, fortunately for the victim, unfortunately for him, um, what he failed to realise was that her husband and her brother-in-law were nearby. Oh. Um, she screamed for help and obviously Paul was yeah. chased. Um, he was caught and savagely beaten by the two men. Um, he did manage to escape, but obviously quite the plan he had in mind no. when he thought he was going to rape this woman. No. Um, uh, yeah, obviously it's very, it's very unfortunate for him. And it's amazing that he got the shit kicked out of him. Uh, I very much enjoy knowing that, but yeah, I, I can't imagine that that was what he was expecting that day he wasn't having much success with the way that he was doing things he obviously had been caught and beaten so he decided that he needed to change his modus operandi um and come up with a new approach that would perhaps be 
little bit more successful in getting him what he needed. Um, yeah. But before we get into that new approach, should we take a little break? Should we take a breather? Should we pop outside and make sure there's no big burly men around the corner? Yeah, I, I mean, surely in your in your case, seeing a big burly man around the corner wouldn't necessarily be a bad. I'd have had worse days. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yes, let's let's take a let's take a break. Let's take let's a little, take break, a little break so I can go check. Oh no, there's a big burly man around the corner. Oh, <laughs> whatever shall I do? <laughs> Terrible. Um, yeah, so while I go say hi to him, you guys take a little break and we'll see you back here in a few. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, gang, it's Daphne and Velma. We're the hosts of Stir the Pot, a podcast where we talk about true crime, paranormal, ghost stories, and your mom's favorite gateway drug. The devil's lettuce. Speaking of, what is your dream blunt rotation, Velma? Oh, I feel like that's easy. Bigfoot and Sydney Prescott. What mm. about for you? Mothman and Keanu Reeves. Okay, I can absolutely see Mothman, but Keanu? I love him, first of all. And isn't he about to play H.H. H. Holmes? And didn't we cover H.H. H. Holmes? In my very first episode, you know, Chicago is very near and dear to my heart. I think Bigfoot is near and dear to your heart, too. What kind of weed do you think he would smoke? It would be an indica easily i feel like with his height he would have a ton of back pain and because he has so much social anxiety from hiding from us all the time and being the hide and seek champ he would need something to calm him down well if we ever find him we should definitely have him on the podcast come join us for all the spooks all the scares take a hit and pull up a chair find us on instagram at stir the pot underscore pod and your favorite podcast platform at Stir the Pot. But remember, y'all, it's Puff Puff Pass. And stay dangerous. Welcome to the Carolinas, where serial killers, abductions, and mysterious circumstances are abundant. Join me, Tiffany, and my co-host Sam, two moms, as we cover local true crime cases that will leave you wanting more. Tune in every weekend for our new episodes where we rotate between North Carolina and South Carolina true crime cases. Find us on all major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, and follow us on our social media. We're on Instagram at Cola City Crime, and you can find our Facebook page by searching our name, Cola City Crime. Welcome back, and thank you for returning for the second part of this tale from Berlin. And how you doing, Dom? How you feeling about getting on the train? As a lone um, vulnerable woman. I mean, I, as, as, the, as the lone vulnerable woman that I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be filled with confidence. I don't like going on the train now. So I wouldn't be filled with confidence about going on the train then. No. No, that's fair. Don't worry, we'll get on together. I'll look after you, princess. Thank you. <laughs> but yes, Paul, Paul or 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 Gazelle or however you want to say his name, um, was not having much success with his previous modus operandi, so he decided to have a little change. He changed things up a little bit. Um, he renewed his series of attacks in October 1940, focusing primarily on the nine-kilometer stretch of the S-Bahn between Rummelsburg train yard and Friedrichshagen station. Um, wearing his work uniform, um, Paul lurked aboard the empty carriages waiting for potential victims as the train passenger cars 
were not illuminated at the time because of the wartime blackout with Berlin. Okay, that's, that's kind of terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Isn't it? Like, that is pure horror movie <laughs> set up. Like, oh, darkened, God, yeah. empty carriage. Ugh. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. And it's also completely legit at the time because, obviously, Berlin was in blackout. There was no... Oh, unnecessarily shit, yeah. lighting so it's not like it's suspicious it's not like a yeah. woman's going to look at a blacked out carriage and think oh well that's a bit weird I'm not going to get on that one I'll get on the next one because they're yeah. all going to be blacked out so yeah. you know you're just going to hop on and hope for the best and there he is lurking um, it so, doesn't yeah, make not, for the not ideal. most relaxing of train journeys I'm not going to lie <laughs> no in the dark <laughs> on your own <laughs> No, <laughs> not ideal um, he relied heavily on the fact that lone female passengers were not suspicious of a uniformed employee of the S-Bahn approaching them um, because obviously they just assumed that he was going to check their ticket. That was literally his job. So yeah. why would you be concerned? Yeah. Um, but once the women were distracted, um, Paul attacked, strangling or striking the victim in the head with a two-inch thick piece of lead-encased telephone cable. Holy mother. That is pretty mm-hmm. fucking brutal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a lot of um, bludgeoning. Oh, God, yeah. With, with what a table. way to go. Um, Good grief. Yeah, not, not ideal. Not ideal at all. No. Um, he committed his first murder on the 4th of October 1940, going on the pretext of a tryst to the home of a 20-year-old mother of two. Um, Gertrude Ditter, whose husband Arthur was away in the military. When he got there, he obviously did not give her what she had been seeking. Um, no. I, I don't know how to put it politely, but. Um, I think I catch your drift. I, I mean, she wanted a fuck and he, she, he didn't give it to her. Um, yeah. Instead, what he did was stabbed her to death. So, not ideal, really. No. Two months later, on the eve of the 4th of December, he killed two more women. Um, he crushed the skull of the S-Bahn passenger, Elfried Frank, um, with an iron bar before hurling her corpse from the moving train. And less than an hour later, less than an hour later, he met 19-year-old Ermgard Fries on the street as she was walking home um, and raped her before also bludgeoning her to death. Wow. <clears throat> Wow, that escalated quickly. A little bit. A little bit. Very opportunistic as well. You know, like, it's not... He's not going after people specifically. He's not, like, stalking these women beforehand. He's literally just like, she's on her own. Yeah. She'll do. Yeah. Um, Which I I don't know if that makes it scarier or not, to be honest. Uh, I mean, it's a... That's a fair point. Like, would it be scarier... Is it scarier when someone sort of plans or is it is it scarier if someone literally sort of I don't want to say spare of the moment but they see that they see the type of victim that they can identify as easy target and then I mean yeah it's a fair point it's a but it is kind of also it is also kind of terrifying that he's literally like just spotting these people and he's like she'll do yeah I mean I think when there's like an element of stalking involved, even if it's only for like a short amount of time, like a week or whatever, 
there's almost an element of okay well I'm trying to learn about this person like I I care about who they are I, I want to make sure that they're the right sort of person that I want to do this to even if that is something horrific whereas this guy he's just like anyone anyone yeah. that fits the bill of being on their own and yeah. a woman basically yeah. they'll do and that to me is maybe a little bit more scary because it does suggest that they are just objects yeah to be used and thrown away, and literally thrown away like thrown yeah. out of a moving train yeah uh, yeah 100 percent, 100 percent agree yeah not not a nice guy um on the 22nd of december railroad work that's really hard to say railroad workers sorry there we go <laughs> um discovered the body of the fourth victim elizabeth Bung- bungina bungina sorry um discarded alongside the railroad tracks a medical examination determined that she had died as a result of a fractured skull okay um Six days later, on the 28th of December 1940, the police recovered Gertrude Seawalk, um, the morning after she had been assaulted and thrown from the train by Paul. Suffering from exposure and various life-threatening traumas, um, Seawalk was rushed to the hospital, where she eventually died from her injuries the following day. Um, so he really, in this sort of short amount of time between October and December, he really went He for ramped it. it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, he got this sort of new, I guess, technique of, you know, having the darkened carriages yeah. waiting until they were alone on the carriage and then approaching them as a ticket inspector. And he was like, yeah. this is working. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Granted, it wasn't always on the train itself. Um, You know, sometimes he did manage to, you know, get himself in with someone and would go back to the house or it may be on the street afterwards when he followed them out of the station. But generally the idea that he found them on their own on the train and then did something either then or later was his yeah. successful way of doing things, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it, it's definitely definitely ramped up um, 100%, 100%. And like you say, unfortunately, he's now found a method that that works for him. Um, unfortunately, it didn't stop. In 1940, the attacks carried on into 1941. Um, and on the 5th of January, when the unconscious body of Hedwig Ebauer was discovered um, near to the S-Bahn, it was also discovered that she had been five months pregnant. Um, Paul had unsuccessfully attempted to strangle her before throwing her from the train alive. Um, and like Siwa, Albert uh Ebauer succumbed to her injuries later that day in the hospital. He really wasn't very good at determining when someone was unconscious as opposed to dead. Which yeah. is in a lot of ways incredibly unfortunate because yes. it then meant that these women were thrown alive from a train. Yeah. Granted they were unconscious, so arguably they may not have felt anything, but even so, like to die later in hospital is is yeah, ideal. yeah, and you know the injuries from being thrown from a a moving train, you're not getting light or minor from that, are you? You're getting you're getting some damage. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, um, and I'd love to say that 
the 5th of January attack was the only attack on a pregnant woman, but unfortunately that was not the case. Um, on the 11th of February, the remains of Paul's seventh victim, Joanna Voigt, a pregnant mother of three, were found. Um, an autopsy later confirmed was most suspected that Voigt had died as a result of being repeatedly hit in the head um, and also of the injury sustained afterwards from being thrown from the train. Um, given the similarities to all of the previous crimes and the other bodies that the police have found at this point, all seven deaths were deemed to be the work of the same individual by police. Yeah. Um, which, you know, fair assumption. Yes. That's some astute thinking from the police. And as you know, we we rarely get so true. passable, even passable yeah. police work, not even good police work, somewhat capable police work. That's all we ask, is somewhat right? capable police work. And so rarely do we get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel a bit bad about saying this sometimes because I do. I actually have friends that are police officers and I'm sure you do a great job. But yep. these people that we cover in our true crime cases really don't very often. So no. we have to bring it up. We have to mention it just so yes. that people, you know, get their act together. Two of Paul's previous victims who had managed to survive being raped and thrown from the S-Bahn, um, as mentioned previously, are very inspirational women. Uh, were able to describe the attack and murder attempt, both confirming to police that their assailant was a railway employee in a black uniform. Mm. Um, by December 1940, um, as other similar crimes started to be reported, um, the police began looking for a suspect matching Paul's description. However, all domestic news coverage at the time was either very, very tightly controlled, bearing in mind that we're living in Berlin under control of the Nazi party, um, or it was heavily censored um, yeah. by various agencies within the Nazi government. Um, yeah. This was especially true of news items like the S-Bahn murders, um, which might have damaged the wartime morale of the German people. Um, the Ministry of Public Enlightenment and Propaganda, which was obviously needed at the time, oh, yes. um, yeah. which was controlled by Joseph Goebbels, um, the yeah. Nazi party's primary censorship authority um, even issued a directive to German journalists regarding limits to be placed on the coverage of the S-Bahn murders. So women weren't aware that this was happening. Um, they certainly weren't told to avoid the S-Bahn because yeah. we don't want to damage wartime morale Yeah, <clears throat> and actually keep anyone safe. That's, that's crazy. That's Thanks, crazy. Goebbels. As if you didn't do enough. <laughs> Thanks, Goebbels, you twat. Um, yeah, that's insane. That is insane. Like, we, like, women are getting raped, thrown from trains, killed, bludgeoned, etc., etc. But don't want to make some people a bit miffed and, and get the morale down. It's just like, really? Yeah. I mean... Some things you kind of get it, like you don't want to damage wartime morale. But there are some things that put other people at risk of life and limb and yeah. therefore need to be communicated. Like morale is not that important in comparison. No. Um, no. But unfortunately, you know, miss good old Goebbels decided that it was. So yeah. 
other women died. Is in and the surely, short version. Surely, like surely, there's a way that they could have still not damaged wartime morale, but still also maybe brought attention to the fact that this was happening. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there were some measures they put in, which I'll, I'll go over in just a minute. But yeah, I mean, I did what you would have done was put it on the news and let women. Um, but unfortunately, yeah. that didn't happen. Um, the homicide unit of the Berlin police under SS Hobstenfuhrer, I thank you, um, Wilhelm Lund, um, was not able to publicly seek information about the rapes or murders or to warn the population about the danger of travelling by train at night. Instead, what he did was sent out his very best detectives to discreetly deal with the case. Um, the police operation was underway by December 1940, with 5,000 of Berlin's 8,000 railway workers being interviewed. Whoa. What? Um, Whoa. I-, I did have to double check that when I wrote it down because I was like, how? That's how, how over half? That's madness. Wow. were interviewed but they yep yeah, they interviewed the lot um well not the lot but the majority yeah um police patrols were doubled on the s-bahn um section and the nazi part the nazi party sorry dispatched functionaries to personally protect unaccompanied women who commuted through the area so they did do something yeah. arguably not yeah. what was most needed but they did do something yeah i mean something's better than nothing uh, yeah, there's something's better than nothing, but at the same time, it's like you also could have done quite a bit more. Yeah, exactly. Um, police officers disguised as females and female detectives were used as bait aboard second class carriages in an attempt to catch the killer. Um, other yeah. detectives were disguised as railway workers, and commuters were watched at each station. Um, pulled, Paul himself actually volunteered um for a job escorting solitary women during the night hours during this part of the investigation so they asked railway workers to help them in escorting solitary women and paul offered to yeah shocker thanks paul who could have saw that one coming exactly exactly that um despite this effort which obviously will put aside the fact that paul was you know, volunteering. Um, despite their efforts to, you know, help women and, and protect them, um, the crimi- criminale polizzi, which is, I think, is how you pronounce it, um, did not catch more than a handful of petty criminals who were unrelated to the case. I mean, well done for catching petty criminals, but not really the point when there's a murderer on the loose. Yeah. Yeah. However... Yeah. Um, the increased police attention did prompt Paul to become cautiously inactive for nearly five months following the murder of Void in February 1941. Um, he did not re-emerge until the 3rd of July 1941 when he claimed his eighth and final victim, 35-year-old Frida Koziol. Um, She was raped and then bludgeoned to death in the same Friedrichsdiver station where Paul had begun his wave of sex crimes more than two years before. Yeah. I feel like we could get into a really long debate 
about the way this was handled by the police. But, and this but comes with a caveat. The caveat being, I do not support the Nazi party, which is not a sentence I thought I'd have to say in this day and age, but I don't. <laughs> um, getting detectives and police officers out onto the street to escort lone women when there's a murderer on the loose would not happen in any other time in any other part of the world but they did yeah yeah that's fair i mean correct me if i'm wrong like like i don't know maybe this does happen and i'm just not aware of it but i have been a lone traveling woman more times than i can count like and i've never felt a police presence when that's been the case granted there's not always a murder on the loose but London's a dangerous place and there's always something yeah. going on and no one's ever offered to escort me. There's never been a railway worker that's ever offered, ever offered to escort me. So maybe they did do more than we would maybe expect if they in. Yeah. I don't know if that's in the absence of the, you know, publicity, but I actually kind of found that mildly impressive when I read it. Yeah. Um, and you know it like you say that's something positive i suppose that they that they did um you know obviously there are things that they other things they could have done they could have brought more attention to it they could have you know done stuff with media attention and stuff like that but like you say you know they they had escorts or they were escorting you know women they you know they were putting things in place to um make it safer for them to you know to get to where they needed to be so you know yeah i I would say that is impressive and you know obviously we can say that is impressive and we can say that's good but we can also say that obviously nazis are bad like there is Two things can be correct at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. No no one's justifying what the Nazis did, but in terms of this, having yeah. actual genuine people that were willing to escort women to where they need definitely isn't the worst. It. So, you know, yeah. here we are. Yeah. But, of course, all of that eventually had to come to and eventually Paul would have to stop his um, series of killings. Um, Paul, who often made misogynistic comments to co-workers and often talked about his fascination with killing, um, was eventually singled out by investigators looking for potential suspects among railroad employees following the murder of his victim. Um, a co-worker, a co-worker reported to police that Paul often climbed over the fence of the railway depot during work hours. Paul's explanation was that he sneaked out to meet a mistress whose husband was in the military. Okay. Mm. Okay, Paul. <laughs> That's a not... likely story. Yeah. I mean, you you leaping fences is not in any way, shape, or form suspicious. And also, I love how, like... So this is a classic thing, right? A lot of people... Maybe not people. A lot of serial killers do, um, a lot of criminals do, and it's that they will be doing something horrific, 
right? Paul was doing something horrific. He was killing women. But in order to cover that up, he'll admit to something, even if it's not true, that is like it bad. Like he'll admit to a bad thing so that the police then think, oh, well, he's clearly not perfect. He's just a normal guy. Maybe we've got it wrong. In this case, yes, he was killing women, but he's just said to police, oh, no, listen, look, yes, I've been hopping fences. Yes, I'm a bit of a naughty boy, but it's only because I've been knocking off this woman whose husband's in the military. Don't tell anyone. I know it's naughty, but it's not illegal. And mm. that would then hopefully, in his mind, throw them off the scent. Mm. It's quite common. A lot of criminals do it. Like, you'll get someone that's been accused of assault or whatever, and they'll maybe say, oh, well, I didn't do it, but look, I'll be honest with you, I can't really remember because I was high at yeah. the time. Yeah. And like, oh, okay, you were high, so you've definitely been bad, but maybe yeah. you didn't do the assault. However, yes. um, Wilhelm, the um, leader of the police at the time, um, in well, the lead investigator, um, personally inspected Paul's railway uniforms, all of which had numerous bloodstains, um, and Paul was arrested by the police on the 12th of July, 1981. And in an intimidating interrogation in a small room under the light of a single bowl, um, Paul was confronted with one, one of his severely injured victims. Yeah, sorry. Was confronted with one of his severely injured victims and a tray of skulls from several of his other victims. Um, the police summary of the case was submitted on the 17th of July. And Paul's motives were listed as an excessive sex drive, sexual attraction to his victim's resistance, and a pathological hatred of women. Well, that's quite the trilogy, isn't it? <laughs> yes. That's definitely yes. um, a lot. That's, that's not quite the trilogy that you want attached to you, is it? No. No, not ideally. Um... However, Paul did willingly confess his crimes um, to Lut, but blamed his murder spree on alcoholism and claimed that a Jewish doctor had treated him incompetently for gonorrhea. I mean, is there anything that the Nazis won't blame the Jews for, really? Yes. Um, gonorrhea is the root cause for all of this. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, sorry, Judge, I, I didn't mean to kill those people. My crotch is itchy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I really know what the symptoms are of gloria. Like, but... what the... <laughs> yeah. Not not yeah, the best excuse, that's... Paul, but, you know, whatever you want. Um, no. No. Paul was formally expelled from the Nazi party just days prior to his indictment for murder and subsequently pled guilty to eight murders, six attempted murders, and... 31 cases of sexual assault. God damn. Not just one or two, 31. Um, he was very promptly sentenced to death on the 24th of July uh, by the Berlin Kammergericht or Regional Superior Court um, in the presence of eight witnesses. The final charges against him were of criminal violence. Um, Paul was declared an enemy of the people by the Nazi regime and was executed by guillotine at Piotrzynsee um, prison 
on the 26th of July, 1941, just two days after his sentencing. So, very much got his command. Damn. Yeah, that turnaround was... They weren't messing. They were like... No. Right, cool. You're sentenced to death, and in a few days, you're going to have your head chopped off. Yeah. Like guillotine as well. Like, not even... You know, shooting. That's I mean, they wouldn't have shot him because it was wartime, and you needed to say. But, but, like, guillotine is pretty specialist. Pretty guillotine is pretty hardcore. Um, not a fun fact, but I'm pretty sure in France they were using the guillotine up until like the 70s. Yeah, that's wild. Yes, that is that is pretty wild. That um, is insane. But yeah, that is the story of the S Bar killer. How do you feel about that? Yes, give you the warm um, ting, please. Yeah. Um, my mind has been changed about the Nazi. It hasn't. Uh, don't clip that, anyone, please. No, um, let's not let that get on the internet. <laughs> Obviously, am I surprised that he was a dirtbag? Absolutely not. I didn't expect, like, the, the, the viciousness, I don't think. That caught me a little guard. Um, but yeah, good riddance. Um, I love the fact that he was sentenced and then two days later he was executed. I love the fact that they weren't fucking around. They were just like, yeah, like we're, we're getting this done quick. Like we don't, we don't want to give him like, you know, a, a, a month inside and we don't want to give him like, you know, time after his trial and mm-hmm. make him wait for his sentencing. It was like death. Two days later, boom, done. Yeah. I like it. I mean, the Nazis are known for a great many things, but um, fannying about isn't one of them. Um, and no, in this case, this great news. Um, yeah. We definitely deserved it, in my opinion. But there we go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And that was the end of Paul Orgoswell. Or- 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 and also the end of my piss poor pronunciation. Um, and on that note, Dom, why don't you see us out for this week? Yes, um, absolutely. Um, he will not be missed, uh, old Paul. Um, yeah, he, he won't be. Uh, no. no one's going to shed a tear for for old Paulie boy. Um, <laughs> okay. But yes, thank you, everyone, for for listening. Um, it's our first true crime case in a while. We haven't done a true crime case for a little while. It's very true. Um, I can't. I don't. Very know true crime. <laughs> exactly. But it's 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 very true crime. Um, so it was nice to get you know back into sort of the true crime swing of things. Um, we we're going to be departing the true crime sphere just a for just a tad next week. Um, it's going to be a bit of light, be a bit of a lighter episode. Um, and after you've listened to it, maybe. Maybe you'll think twice about getting a lottery ticket. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but yes, it was very, very interesting to talk about. Amy's looking very confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that I'm very confused by what you just said, but I always look confused. So it doesn't really make a difference. <laughs> but uh, before I start rambling too much, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, there are many ways that you can support our humble humble little podcast um you can follow us on instagram at horrorhouse underscore pod you can follow us on your instagram 
uh, Instagram, app of choice. That's not the right words. Uh, podcast app of choice. Um, and obviously the YouTube channel. You can you can subscribe. Uh, it would be lovely if you do. We're not going to force you, but it would be lovely if you do. Um, It'd be great if you so could put, I just started pointing, but it'd be great if you could put like a subscribe button there so I don't like a fucking mental patient. All right. I, I'm not some editing wizard, but I will try. Okay. Um, if I'm pointing at nothing, then here's the bottom of the screen. Just there. <laughs> uh, but so, yes, there is social media at Instagram, um, at horrorhouse underscore pod. Uh, please follow us on your podcast app of choice and on the YouTube channel as well. Um, and as well, the Discord. Join the Discord server and Join we can Discord. talk about cakes and desserts. Uh, and we can get into a, Amy will get into a fiery debate about um, a specific type of dessert. And I can't remember what that is now. What was what was the dessert that everyone like was bombarding you about? How can you not remember? <laughs> I thought we were friends. Oh, a sticky toffee pudding. There we go. Oh, sticky toffee pudding. It is. Yeah, it's yeah, apparently yeah. what I'm just known as now is the sticky toffee pudding girl. But I'm fine with it. I'm okay with it. I've been called way worse, so <laughs> not an issue. Whatever. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but yes, come join us on Discord. Hang out. You can suggest episode ideas uh, or you can just shoot the shit um, and we can have a grand old time. If you want to support us financially, um, there is the buy me a coffee link. We are, as always, struggling content creators. Um, one of us more so than the other with quite a love of caffeine. So I'm sure that she will be very grateful for, for some coffees. Um, and also there is the merch store as well, if you want to have a look at that. Um, but all that's left to say from me is until next time, as always, stay spooky. Stay sick! Hey! Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs>